Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sporting 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 71 and uh, named Holy Kurajma because I'm trying to be as creative as possible with these titles. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm joined with uh, my two very good friends, two very good um, hosts here. Uh, I'll start off with Steph. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great. I'm walking my vehicle. Uh, I totally <laughs> forgot that the podcast was going to be at this time. <laughs> I was chilling with the wife, eating some crabs in the, the next state dove in Maryland, but we got home and then I realized that, oh shit, we have a podcast to do, so bear with me, uh, but I'm, I'm doing great, guys. Good to hear, good to hear, and Christian, how are you doing, doing dude? I'm doing alright as well, man. I noticed, I've been noticing that you've been naming the... Uh the podcast so i'm trying <laughs> I, I did take note of that good stuff bro keep it up thanks thanks um as always we'll start off with the twitter questions uh let me just share my screen here real quick so we can all have a look at this uh do come on share buddy okay it doesn't want to share okay never mind um but i'll read it off anyways so starting off with Kaza de Paiva at mpaiva7, who just before I read his question, congratulations to him. He's expecting a, a little Leoa, a little girl, uh, very soon. So special shout out to you, Matt. Uh, his question is, do you think the RMRWB, the right mid, right wing back position, is the best fit for Rafael Kamash to contribute successfully? Uh, or have you seen enough uh, this season and rather other options? Only 20. I see potential for him to succeed in that role. Um, Christian, I'll, I'll pass that one off to you, dude. What do you think? Yeah, I actually honestly do see um, potential for him in that role. I, I don't know if people remember when he first came to sporting, he had been playing right back for Liverpool a lot, or the, the under-23 team or the, the B team, whatever whatever team he was on there. Um, and he had said that like he didn't like playing right back as much and that he wanted to play wing. He wanted to play a more offensive position in that when he came, as when he was coming to sporting under the, the promise or the assumption that he was going to play winger as opposed to right back as he had been playing for Liverpool. Um, so why I think that this is a good fit for him is because this position kind of merges both of them. Um, it offers you, you know, pretty much total freedom to go forward and track back as you want. Um, you have the whole flank. There's, there's really no, there's no outside back that are, is going to be overlapping you. Um, it doesn't put too much onus on you defensively as far as just being in the right position, I feel like, is more important than actually, you know, winning tackles, stuff like that, because you have three center backs to cover for you. Um, personally, I think Rostovsky actually fits this role well as, uh, as well, because he truthfully isn't that great defensively, um, but he does like to bomb forward and, and contribute offensively. Um, so truthfully, I think this, this role is, is, is not bad for, for both of them. Uh, but Kamashu probably a, a bit more technically gifted, uh, I guess. I mean, he wasn't too impressive in, in this in this game. Um, and we, I, we know he, he ha he's had his moments. He's had his flashes this season. We've seen them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see why he, he wouldn't be, um, you know, the most likely first choice option out of the players that we have right now, at least, for a right wing back spot. Agreed, dude. Agreed. Uh, second question. Damn, I just lost it. Uh, comes in from. Just told. Bear with me a second. 
um, from David Claudio um, at David Strife 35. This question is, are you happy with Matilda Janine's performance? You guys are the best. So does Leonidas. Thank you, Dave. You're the best. Uh, Steph, what, what did you think of uh, our boy Matilda Janine? I think he's doing phenomenal uh, for someone that's uh, uh, so young and uh, with so much potential. Uh, the more the more he plays, the the better he will be, and and that's the case that we see now. So he's the future of Sporting, and I can foresee that what uh, what Ruben Amorim is doing now it's it's what we've been asking for. I know a lot of Sporting geeks that must eat a lot of cheese because we've been asking for uh, our coaches to play our youth, and finally he's doing that. And fucking a, people are still complaining. I don't get it. Um, so we finished the game with seven, seven uh, players from the academy, which I thought that would be phenomenal. That would unite the Sporting Geistas. But you still see Sporting Geistas complaining, and that drives me nuts. But yeah, I'm expecting a lot of a lot from Matilda Nunes, and uh, he's a he's a, a rising superstar. So um, love the guy, and uh, he's going to bring us a lot of happiness. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I was a, I'm a big fan of him and Wendell in the midfield. Way better than uh, him and him and Bataglia. So uh, I hope to see that uh, dupla continue on for a bit. Um, and yeah, so last question comes in from a former guest, Joel De Silva at Joelion underscore 073. And uh, he asks, do you think that Matheus Pereira is still salv- salvageable? Uh, West Bromwich Albion technically has to, uh, the obligation to pay us uh, 10 million euros if he plays on Saturdays uh, or on Saturday, but let's pretend they won't uh, be able to pay us. Do you think we can see him return? But even more important, do, uh, do you think he would accept to return? Um, I'll quickly take that. I don't uh, realistically, I think he's playing. Even if he doesn't play, um, like me and Chris, we're, we're just talking just off uh, the podcast for a bit. If by some miracle he gets injured uh, in training, I'd be very shocked if they still didn't trigger that buyout clause. Um, he's been their best player, hands down. Uh, last year he won, uh, I think it was uh, Newcomer Rookie of the Year at Nuremberg. I'd be very shocked if he doesn't win the same thing at uh, for the championship or, or for West Bromwich Albion at the very least. Um, and, I mean, the, the question on... Do you uh, do you think that they'll have the money to, to take him? I think they do. I, I think as bad as clubs may be, um, may be impacted in terms of COVID, uh, I think English clubs have the least to worry about, especially the English clubs that have just, you know, either went down from the champ from the from the uh, Premier League to the championship. Uh, you know, West Brom definitely has money to pay. They definitely have the 10 million to pay. Uh, they'd be silly not to. Um and what else was there? And actually, they go up too. Like, if they're positioned to go up, exactly. they're, they're in second place. They have six points on Fulham. Yeah, they'll likely go up, and then that's the payday. That's that's the hundred sixty million euros or whatever. You know, it's so. way it's way better than uh, the Champions League for them. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then in terms of accepting him to return, listen, I think that ship has sailed a long time ago. Um, I think that ship has sailed after Sosa Sintra uh, loaned him out last season. Um, very shocked. And then we, we kind of did him dirty because it looked like all was good for him. The green light was ready. This was going to be the year for him to, to come out and shine. And then we loan him out again um, with a stupid bio clause of just $10 million when we all know his potential. Um, and, of course, there's already been murmurs this season 
uh, just before COVID, of course. But there were still murmurs this season that they were going to buy him and sell him off to uh, United, just like um, Allianz Sport, I believe it was the club, did with Demidal to Juve. Um, or sorry, Sassuolo did with, well, whatever, either or. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that, that ship is sailed. Uh, don't hold your breath on Matus Pereira. Um, yeah. Anyways, let's go straight into this game. Uh, Spartan beat Pas Freira 1-0 this uh, past weekend or this past Thursday. The 11 was as followed. We had Luis Max in net. We had a back three of Borja, Kwach, and Kurejma. No Mathieu due to uh, coach's choice. We had Akuinga and Camacho on the flanks. Uh, Wendell and Mateusz in that midfield role with Jovan and Vietu just ahead of them. Uh, and Sparar up top, excuse me, with uh, substitutions of Plata, uh, Pedro Mendes, Francisco Geraldo, uh, Eduardo Henrique, and as well, uh, Nuno Mendes, who surprisingly doesn't show up here on the app, but Nuno Mendes as well. Um, and also, uh, just a quick uh, quick mention, Mateusz Oliveira randomly on the bench. That threw me off, threw me by surprise. I didn't even know he was registered. What was that, Chris? Her second game in a row, bro. He fucking played in the last game. <laughs> right? Oliveira? No, no, he didn't play. He was on the bench the last game, too. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. I yeah. I didn't notice that at all. He didn't Still, I, I totally forgot he uh, he even uh, was yeah, he got Yeah, he literally got picked in front of Gerald for the last game. Like, he was on the bench. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. was out of the team, and we we're all like, what bro. The yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Anyways, Chris, I'll start off with you. What did you think of the game, dude? Yeah, I mean, basically my thoughts on the game is just, it's like meh. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, the first half was largely boring. Um, not too many chances created by either team. I mean, we dominated possession, but we didn't really create too much, threaten too much, have too many opportunities. Um, the second half um, had its moments. Um, obviously, the free kick is is a belter. It's a it's a legendary strike, um, and truthfully, if that doesn't go in, we probably draw this game nil nil because it probably would have just carried on with like the the boringness that it was. But after we scored, we decided that we were going to just probably camp out for the last twenty minutes as we normally tend to do. And Pashreda all of a sudden came roaring back to life, creating several chances forced a couple saves out of max actually had a pk at one point before the var in my opinion correctly reversed the decision and i mean we were on the ropes for those last 20 minutes for sure um but yeah i mean my thoughts on the game mostly are less concerned with the game and the result although braga is tanking right now so it is kind mm -hmm. of funny that we we may actually uh, end up with third if we keep the uh the good enough performances rolling and keep picking up points um, because they are <laughs> they are in trouble it would appear and uh, yeah so basically my thoughts Big are trouble yeah basically my thoughts are the game itself isn't we all know it's not so important the results at this point as long as we finish top five which you would think they'd be able to do with this especially now um, two games in collecting four points um, but. You know, I think it's more important that the youth plays and we start to take a look at these players in a game setting. It's basically like an extended, you know, preseason if you really think about it. Um, and it, it, I'd rather have Nunu Men trying to prove himself in a, a Liga Nosh game than a, a scrimmage against a second division Swiss team, you know? So um, I think the games at this point mostly serve for that. 
Um, the one thing that 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 stood out to me, I guess it it stood out to me at the time, but it didn't make an impression on me was how poor Sporad was. It wasn't so much that he was poor; it was just so much that he was nowhere to be found. He was invisible. Um, I mean, he's he's he did have a couple goals in the last game. He did seem like he was having a sort of roughish time acclimating before COVID. He bagged a couple. He had like that weird one that like hit off his like like shin or something. That was his first goal to finally get off the finally get on the score sheet. But I think that for what we paid and what we need him to be, he's got to be consistently much better than he is um, on a daily basis. And I don't want to, I don't want to say this because I know people might get mad at me um, for either positive or negatively, but he, he does sort of have the same ghosting tendencies as the man that he replaced and the man he replaced Scored a fuck ton more goals than he did, so gotta be better. Sport on. Still, still early days, of course. Still early, still early. Still early. But agreed, agreed. I'm with you. Um, Steph, what about you, dude? What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, it, like Chris said, I mean, the game was uh, was eh. I agree. <laughs> and uh, um, but you could see that uh, it's a team that's being rebuilt and rebuilding it. Team, uh, it's uh, requires running, and and that's what's happening. I mean, to end up the game with seven players from the, the youth academy, um, you can't expect a a uh, a team to be uh, full of dynamics. And then let's take into account that um, we stopped for three months because of the COVID nineteen. So when you mix all of this together, uh, it wasn't a bad performance because. You could see that Pasfred actually had a, a more experienced team compared to our team. Um, uh, players of uh, the second division and the first division, uh, full of exp- experience that knows Liga Nash quite well. And, um, you know, uh, so to me, and uh, the most important thing is to be patient. Uh, be patient with, uh, with such a young team full of potential. Uh, it will take time, but it's, it's like Chris said, it's, uh, this is our preseason. We started our preseason a little bit earlier, uh, but I like it. I like it. And I'm willing to, to, uh, take the risk. I, I like the risk that the Mourinho is taking with our youth because that's our future. The more games we give them, the more confident they will feel. Look what Quaresma, he was doing, uh, Tunage. I mean, he, that was yeah. a beautiful. A player, aquela rata que ele fez ao avançar do Passos Ferreira. And you could see the confidence after his second game in a row, uh, after the COVID-19. This kid was phenomenal. All I've heard from all the uh, playoff and the different shows on TV was this guy he has a lot of potential. And he's a, a young player full of confidence. And indeed, he transmitted that on the pitch. Um, so... Let's give a couple more games to uh, Matheus Nunes and he'll become much better. This game was actually more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but we lack of dynamic. There's kind of a la- lack of li- uh, link between the defense and midfield and, and midfield and the attack. Uh, they have to be a lot faster because in our days, 
uh, players are very organized. Like as you could see with Pasfredes, they were very organized. So if you're not fast and making those precise pass passes, you will lose the ball quite fast. So and the the uh, tactic that we're playing on the three four three, it's a very good tactic, but at the same time dangerous. If you lose the, the ball at midfield, there's, there there we go. There's a counterattack from the other team. So uh, with that said. Um, Sporad, I don't blame him because we he didn't get a lot of crosses that benefit yeah. him to score. Um, I'm not going to count him out at all. I like him. I think he's uh, a good striker and they fired the goal. The problem is on this game, I didn't see any decent crosses to him. Apart from one, he could have scored. But if you look closely after you look at the replay, um, it was actually uh, the angle was not that f favorable to him. Um, just got home. I know which one you're talking about. The one where he kind of he got played in on through ball, and then yes. he, he he took a bad first touch too, which didn't help him. And then yeah, he kind of sliced it. But yeah, it was a tough angle. Yeah, it was a tough one. So a player like Sporad, you need to feed him the ball. If you don't feed him the ball, if you don't give him cross, he's not going to score. He's like in Jardel. He's like on Zuskoviak. I don't know how many of you remember Zuskoviak, but yeah. he's a, the great, the, they were great punters lances, but you need to feed them the balls, and you didn't get that. I didn't see any any crosses for headers of, or, or for him to dribble one guy and then be in a good position to score. So, you know, he's not going to be the kind of guy that, because he did win a lot of balls. Um, you know, from the goalie, when uh, Maximiano would kick the ball, he would win all those balls up in the air. Um, but it makes it difficult for him if Giovanni's not feeding him or Kamashi. Kamashi had a terrible game, to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. He was good defensively, uh, but uh, crossing-wise, he was he was not there that, that, that you know, that game. And then who who takes the 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 the, the brunt of it? It's it's the uh, um, in this case, it's Porad. He, he wasn't able to capitalize because he never got any crosses. Uh, but on the other hand, I like Nunez. He was only given 17 minutes, but that was his first game as a as a senior, as a player for the team team A. So that you know, that's good for him. He'll never forget that game. Um, and I was really impressed with uh, the seven substitute with the seven youth players at the, at the end of the game from uh, the youth academy. And I want to see more. I want to see other players to be given the chance. Imagine jo Joelson uh, uh, when he comes back from his injury. I think that kid that is going to be phenomenal. Um, I was not impressed with Plata. I was expecting more yeah. for him. Um, and he didn't do much. He lost the ball too easily. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a question for you guys. What do you guys thought about uh, Plata? My my biggest issue with Plata um, is and I, and of course it comes with age. I think he's eighteen or nineteen. It's just he's too inconsistent. Um, yes. Like of course some games he was lights out that we've seen earlier this season, uh, but then there was some times where he would come on and make little to no difference. It's the same thing as this game here. Like second half, of course it was all him. Like uh, Vietu went out, and we'll, we'll of course talk about that later and how that impacts Sparting. But um, at least this game, I didn't see much of him. Uh, what about you, Chris? I, I think all our wingers 
to one extent or another kind of suffer from that. I would throw Jovan into that. Although since like March, I'll just consider March to June, like one continuous thing. So from like, he, he was picking up in March and it's clear that he's kind of continued that momentum. But I mean, he was hurt at the beginning of the season a lot, but like the games that he did play, he didn't impress me too much. And Plata inconsistent. Kamashu clearly inconsistent. Um, you know, it, it is something that I wish, I mean, even Vietu, right? Incredibly inconsistent. They're all inconsistent. Um, so yeah, a consistently like above average winger, you know, would be, would be great because when Vietto is bad, I mean, it's like borderline unwatchable and same yeah. with some of these other guys. I mean, cause it's just a, this is a turnover machine, you know, it's just, a, they're just a black hole. They're trying to do too much. They're losing the ball constantly. And it's like, it's unwatchable almost. So that's, yeah, we definitely need to, to, to hopefully work on that. But I guess that's like you said, Danny, it's kind of part of the, the younger player acclimating to the, to the big time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll just quickly give in my two cents of just certain things that, uh, that I seen. Um, and not to shit on the kid, but I'll start off with this. Uh, cause I, I, I'm with you guys. I love Kurajma. I think there's no Spartan on this planet that isn't loving Kurajma. Uh, my only concern, and of course, it's it's somewhat of age, uh, somewhat of his size as well. Though Chris said he was six five, you said right? Six, six flat, six flat, not okay, six, five, six flat. Six flat. Okay, six yeah. flat. Oh, six man. five. That would that would <laughs> six great five, Okay, six, six foot. He lost uh, a lot of, uh, I think, all of the aerial battles. Mind you, it was against Tonk or Tank or whatever his name is, and yeah, was I got tank, all, all, exactly. Um, but that's my biggest eyebrow raise in terms of Kurashima so far is, is his, is his sheer size. Of course, when it comes to the physique, he'll grow into that. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking baby. He's 18 years old. Um, and of course, you know, he still, he might still grow. Uh, I mean, most likely he'll still grow. I think I'm the only one that was five, four since, uh, 14 and haven't grown. I maybe grew an inch since, uh, but aside from that, like, uh, I think the kid was brilliant. Yeah. The, I mean, the Tuno we've all seen um multiple times the kid's good on the ball the kid uh, the thing i love about him is he's a um he's like a bulldog this guy will fight for every ball uh, he gets stuck so in he was getting stuck in on tackles exactly exactly yeah. so i love the kid i love the kid my only biggest worry is uh is is the aerial duels and of course he has to either adjust because of his size or um i don't know learn how to play due to his size uh of course he's not the the first six foot uh, tall uh, center back that's ever played. Uh, of course, the modern game is sort of is sort of changing a bit to mortal athleticism. I know if this was back in the day, he would probably be world class uh, already. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my only concern on him. My only criticism, if you will. Uh, but aside from that, the kid was crazy good. Um, another one, um, I, I loved Mateusz Nunes and Wendell. I think I mentioned that already, but I love those two together. Um, and uh, what else did I want to mention? I wanted to mention just one more thing, but now I can't remember. Oh, Max, uh, just because we haven't shown him enough love. I think Max, this game was lights out. Excellent, this game. He, he really kept us in it. Um, or really, three points is, is because of him and Jovan, um, especially towards the end. There was that two big saves, right off, one right off the free kick, and then with the rebound right after. Um, you know, like I've said and I've preached before about Max, uh, and I think all of us have preached really about Max. I know there was already a few criticisms last game uh, because of the goal he gave up against uh, Guimarães uh, because he couldn't clear it out in time. Um, but 
I mean, he reminds me of very much reminds me of uh, Rui Patricio, uh, young guy. Of course, let's. I, I'm not going to try to get ahead of myself, but young guy. He's he's bound to make his mistakes, but aside from that, still good on the ball uh, or with his feet, I should say. And then as a shot stopper, um, he, he's 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 really good. He's to me, he's ar- he's already proven he's just as good as Renan, and I think Renan was a great shot stop or is a great shot stopper. It's just everything else as a goalkeeper he's lacking. Um, I see it in I see it in Max. Um, I, there's there's another rumor today of uh, him going to Barca for 14 million or some shit. <laughs> um, more more um, more wood to the fire, I guess. More agent talk and just trying to get a, a, an up contract because, like I said, he was lights out. So uh, I just wanted to show him love and appreciation there. Um, just a few lunch I want to talk about this game. Uh, one is Vietu probably being out for the rest of the season. I believe he dislocated his shoulder or he had some sort of shoulder injury. Just wanted to ask you guys, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, of course, going forward, it just gives him an opportunity to play more youngsters, uh, which Amuring's already been doing. Um, but how big of a loss do you think Vieto is going to be? Or is he going to be that big of a loss? Uh, I don't know who wants to take it first. I don't know who, who I should throw it to. Steph, right. you want it? Uh, Go for it. Beauty before age. Go ahead, Chris. All right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like I just said, and as you guys probably know, I'm not not as big as fan. Um, he was very frustrating when he first came, and it was like, wow, this is what, you know, 7.5 for 50% get. This is what 15 mil gets you for this clown from the George yeah. Bennett Express from Atletico Madrid. Um, and then he kind of picked it up. He, he had a couple, couple nice goals, I remember, and he was playing better, but... I mean, like I said earlier, wildly inconsistent, and the jury is definitely still out on him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wish him a speedy recovery. I don't want anyone to, on the team to get hurt. Um, sucks, especially. I mean, he's out probably about a month, six weeks. So it's like, is he really going to come back after not playing for two months and, and play against Porto? I, I doubt it. Um, maybe, but I doubt it. Um, so he, yeah, I think it's safe to assume he's probably done. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's good. It gives uh, it gives more opportunities, and um, it, it like Steph actually mentioned it earlier, Joelson. I mean, well, he's now seems like he's getting fit. He had like a little a little knock, um, and it seems like he's getting fit. So I wouldn't sh- be shocked to see him uh, on the bench for one of these upcoming games at least. Um, and uh, I guess you could put Jovan on uh, on one side and Plata maybe on the other, because um, I, I do think Plata needs more more regular minutes because um, he, ha- he, 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 when he is coming in, it's usually as a sub. So I would like to see him for, for a bit longer period of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, truthfully, it's not that devastating of a loss. A quick thought I just had, and we mentioned him earlier in the, in the, uh, in the pod um, was Kamashu. I mean, there was a picture I see today of uh, Ristovsky and Rozier uh, battling it out in uh, training to get today. Um, so, of course, one of those two, I mean, they can definitely play the right wing back position way better than Kamashu's done those last two games. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Kamashu just a bit up top because uh, I do think, I mean, and I love Plata, but I do think Kamashu may have a bit more to offer than Plata. Um, so that's even another option we can even take. But I think I think the consensus is also we're dying to all see Joelson play, especially against uh, against top competition. But yeah, Steph, as well to you, what are your thoughts on Vietu? Do you think it's a big loss? Uh, well, it, it's always a big loss when you have uh, such a talented player. I'm not going to, you know, 
diminished mm -hmm. his uh, his abilities because he had uh, a, a bad game in uh, in Guimarães and um, and uh, bad luck against Pas Freitas. But at the same time, if he's out, it's going to give somebody else a chance to step in and to show what they got. So, yeah, who who would fit his role? I would like to see Francisco Geraldo. Mm. I don't know. For some reason, his name uh, came up to my mind, and I said, "Well, Vieto is gone. So, who's the most creative player we have?" And now, as of now, at the moment, I could see Francisco Geraldo doing his position. Mm -hmm. uh, but I saw from Francisco Geraldo the last seven minutes, or maybe a little bit longer with the extra time. I liked it. I liked it. It's not sometimes it's not how much he, he he played, what kind of plays he made. I like the hustle. He was hustling. He was getting fouls. He was he was doing all the little needy greedy small little things that sometimes you like players seeing. And with the given time he was he was given, I liked it a lot. So I think naturally if he imposes himself and if he shows a, a practice throughout the week that He's he's uh, he's thirsty to play more. He he, he's, he really wants it. Uh, then I think Kimurin will give him a shot. Um, and and those those nine ten minutes he played on the pitch, he gave me a glimpse of what could possibly be for the next seven games. So if I'm Ruben Emurin and if he's giving me it all at practice uh, every day, day in day out, I'm gonna give him the nod. And I'm gonna let him start uh, instead of uh, on the on the place of Luis Vieto because he's hurt. But I'm gonna give it to uh, Francisco Ralts. I'd like to see that. Uh, Eduardo, forget about it. They could return him back. They could refund him to Bolnes. Uh, I don't know which Bolnes. Fuck Silas. That was all Silas wanting to bring. I well, like that, was, that was before that was, him though. That was Kaiser. We that got him with Kaiser. That was Kaiser. Dude, that whose was... idea was that, man? Holy fuck. <laughs> that was Kaiser. And I got to tell you, Eduardo, he came in, and he's so goddamn slow. I thought oh, yeah. He... I mean, he was so slow, man. That was such a bad investment. He needs to go, like, yesterday. Um, so... Try new, try the new kids. Try Pedro Mendes. You know, I mean Pedro Mendes. Why not? But I really, really want to see Francis Geraldo. Uh, Gonzalo Plata, extremely disappointed, man. I mean, he was given a lot of time. He's the one to be placed Vieto, and I'm pretty sure Mourinho was expecting more from him, and he lost the boss too easily, way too easily to pay to pay to play at that at that level. At a professional level, in a first division, you can't lose that ball so easily. And I hated that. He didn't even hustle back to try to get it back. I mean, I know he's young and all that stuff, and I hope he, he gets better and better. But I feel like he's not listening to his coach. And maybe I'm, I'm wrong about this, and I hope I hope I am. But if he doesn't improve, Bruno Mourinho is going to just bench him. Um, this is... With this coach, it seems like if you give me all, I'm going to play you. And I like that. I like that. No one is above Sporting Club Portugal. If you give it all and your coach sees that, then you play. If you don't give it all, you're slacking up or you think you're better than the club, 
e tenho que ir para dentro do emblema, este aqui de Sporting Clube Portugal, then you don't deserve to wear this jersey. You don't deserve to be on the pitch. I want to see people hustling. Why is Pascal Rubani more than we are? Why is Tondela Rubani more than we are? When they get paid more money, okay, you, they, we don't want to use the narrative of, oh, just because they make X amount of money doesn't mean it's a guaranteed victory. That's fine. I understand that. But why are those players on the other pitch, on the other side, running more than our players when they make more money? They should run as much as they are running, at least. That's my that's my thing. That's the one thing that pisses off fans. It's like, that's what pisses off fans. Because we're not stupid. We, we, we see things the way they're supposed to be seen. If they're hustling, they're giving it all, no one will complain about them, even if they miss two, three goals. Because at the end of the game, we'll say, Epa, he gave it all. He gave it all. It was just a bad game for him. But when we see players slacking, and they and, and that's what I saw from Plati, he was slacking. I didn't like his attitude. I think he sucked his fucking attitude. And then you don't deserve to wear the jersey. You have to give it all 24-7 for, all the, for the whole 90 minutes. And that's what I'm seeing from the kids, from the youth, from the academy. Every time they go to the pitch, they give it all. Look at Kama, uh, look at Kamashi. He gave it all. He had a st- uh, his, his game sucked. He mm. played well defensively, but he gave it all, and I I respect that. And that's all I gotta say. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I'm gonna quickly answer just this question here because it's just a hypothetical before we move on uh, to the Mathieu comment. Just from what you were saying there, Steph. Uh, Bruno here asks, would Dalla be able to fill Vieto's shoes if he was at the club? I think if he was at the club, he would be able to fill a lot of shoes, including Vieto's. Um, but uh, now it's up to hierarchy to uh, give Dalla a chance. Um, we seen him score a goal last Jornada, I believe, with Riwav. Uh He played again this Jornada. I think he's been doing well. Uh, but he's been doing well for the past few seasons. Since now, I think time for Spartan to give him a chance. Uh, but anyway, Steph, after those comments, I'm going to go straight back to you. He played um, wide. Yeah, he played wide for them in their, their game against Moreland. So to directly answer the question, yes. Yes, yes <laughs> exactly. Fair. Um, Steph, uh, quickly after those comments, what were your thoughts on Amurin, um not playing Mathieu and, and coming out and saying uh, it was it was a personal option? A few stories going on. Uh, you know, There was a few things about him not wearing a chip uh, or him taking out one of the chip to record um, performances and, and stuff like that on the last game uh, or or even during quarantine. It's still cer- certain uncertainty. And, of course, the club never actually came out and said why. Uh, but what are your thoughts uh, on that stuff? Well, the thing is, uh, it's really simple. We don't, ha- we don't have all the, the details, so this is all speculation. Exactly, yeah. We've heard from uh, different newspapers. So... We'll never know the truth unless it's from uh, Mourinho or unless it's from uh, Mathieu. Uh, but you know, let's let's make believe and let's let's pretend that it was something that, as a coach, you don't appreciate and you didn't like. Then you know, I'm in favor of the coach because a union faz a forza. If if the if your coach like your boss like my boss, like your teacher in school, like your father, like your mom, uh, you know, if they tell you to do something, you got to do it, you know? And then a coach has a very difficult job because they're dealing with different personalities, people making different kinds of monies, and they're pleasurable as well because you see someone hustling, 
uh, and he only makes 150,000 euros a, a year, and this guy is making 1.5 a year. And then you tell yourself, why am I hustling more than this guy? And he makes more money than, than I do. So if I'm making more money than A, B, C, D, E, and F, I should be a, a, an example. I should be a leader so people could follow me. So if, if you slack, and again, it's speculation. This is nothing for sure. But if you slacking off, then it feeds off, it trickles down to the youth, to the younger players, and that's not good. And if uh, uh, Ruben Amorim is trying to build up his team with a lot of young players, he doesn't need that kind of a ne negativity uh, on his team. And I don't care about, again, and I'll say it again, about Ruben Amorim's past. There can be fikis in Semashke. I don't care about that. All I care is this guy has a pulse, has, has, has character, strong character, and he's a leader. He knows what he wants for sporting and for his team. And he has proven that he's there to, to make the team perform. He's not there to please A, B, C, or D just because he played in Barcelona or he played in the national team of France. Sincerely, I don't give a shit about that. I don't give a shit about that. All I want as a fan is my team to play. And if you give it all, then you deserve to be, uh, to be part of the uh, uh, starting eleven. If you don't perform, then you have no business of being part of the, the, the starting eleven. And again, it's all speculation. I don't know nothing for sure, uh, you know. But uh, that's my take on it. Um, you give it all, you deserve to play. You don't. You don't give it all. You want to fuck off and you want to do whatever you want. Then you have no place to be at Sporting. And I'm glad they come. They, we having that uh, B team again, because then it'll give the flexibility of the uh, of our coach to. Uh, to the more players and then to make them disappear to the B team and uh, focus only on the players they, they want and uh, the ones that they want to play for Sporting. It's time to to basically uh, Sporting take take control of his A team again and not let the players run the show, but let the coach, the coaching staff run the show and, and, and then we'll be successful if everyone plays as a team I think Sporting next year will be competitive when we weed out the bad apples. And I'm not saying Matri is a bad apple by any means, but you know he needs to show more. If he doesn't want to stay in, in Lisbon, if he don't want to, if he wants to go back to France, hey, bon voyage, mon ami. <laughs> Agreed, Steph. Agreed. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I just think that the situation with with Matthew is. I think it's worth taking a step back and kind of like reflecting on how we got to this point and where we are. Basically, the story has been all season. So we, this whole thing happened this last season, after last season. Is he going to come back? Is he not? Does he want to be a coach? Blah, blah, blah. Ended up coming back, signed a one-year deal. And so basically, we're just reliving that whole sequence of is he going to come back? Is he not going to come back? all over again and we're if he comes back next year we're just going to keep doing it again it's just like the tom brady like one year and then we see what happens and he come back like you just evaluate it on like a one-year basis when you get to that age um so it's like his contract is up maybe he's already told sporting internally that he's not coming back next year he wants to retire he wants to go coach in france or he wants to maybe go play a season at his old club in France or, or something to that effect. He's already told Sporting that he's out. 
And so Emudim, if, if that situation is true, if that if that is true, Emudim would look at it and say, so I have eight games that basically mean nothing. Like, why the fuck would I play him? You know, it, it, it almost doesn't make sense. I have young center. I literally have young other young center backs that make more sense to play because I'm trying to figure out what I have here. And if this guy's going back to France in six weeks, it doesn't even affect me, you know? So if that's true, which I think is potentially quite likely, um, what, what is sporting doing? Like attempting to smear him in the media with, with what they're doing. Like they're making it seem like Matthew doesn't care. He, he mails it in, in training and, you know, Amorim is just looking for other options. I mean, if that's true, then okay, that's that's fine. Um, I'd like to hear Matthew's side of the story because what if he had? He's had what fourteen other coaches at Sporting, <laughs> and it, it doesn't didn't seem like he had a problem with any of them as far as like his work rate and stuff. And I remember he had scandals at Barcelona where he's caught smoking cig- cigarettes and stuff. Yeah. And that that really hasn't happened here. You know, he's been totally totally disciplined as far as I can recall. Um, so it's just disgusting that if that if that's the if the scenario is that all he's done is said that he he doesn't want to return or he's going to retire or whatever like why is that being held against him like you don't have to justify not playing him with like oh he's a bad apple so that's why he's not playing like you can just be honest like you can just say like he's likely going to retire uh, you know whatever and that brings us to today so as uh Jose Costa Jorge said the answer will be seen next game if he, Matthew, does not play versus Tondela. Au revoir, Monsieur. I mean, he's on the injury report, right? So they're just Renan rebadoing him, in my opinion. I don't think he's injured, obviously. Like, there's just this massive scandal, and then he's just suddenly injured. Like, come on. You're not even making it believable at this point. Um, so it's just like... It's pretty, at least from my perspective, it's transparent what's going on here. He said he isn't coming back. He's doing something else. He has other plans, coaching, playing. I don't know. Um, And they're holding that against him. And I mean, he's been a loyal servant to the club. He didn't even have to. He didn't even have to come back this season at all. I honestly thought that he wasn't. And he is highly paid and stuff, but I mean, he's highly paid because he's experienced. He's played at the top level and he's still very good. That's why he's highly paid. So yeah, I don't think he deserves the treatment that he's doing and the injury that he's injury that he's picked up smells like bullshit. He's not going to play against Stondella. And as I agree with George, um, if he doesn't play, he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to quickly mention something you mentioned just before the pod, Chris, um, that if it's something to do in terms of training, um, I mean, Mathieu, one, of course, of his age, but two, he's definitely been injury prone, especially the last few seasons that maybe you can't give it all uh, every training session. And and a guy like Kurejma, um, who's trying to prove himself, will give it all every training session or or uh, a guy like Borja, who who's always in and out of the squad, will always give it his all. Uh, in training to, to sort of prove himself. It doesn't make sense for a guy like Matthew to be getting ridiculously stuck in, in training when, you know, mm-hmm. one he's like one six-month injury or even three-month injury, like a torn calf. He's done, you know, something like that. He's and, done. That, and then that's the rest of his career as well. Yeah, exactly. So his career and a lot of uh, a, a long rehab in front of him, especially given his age. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm also torn on this because – 
a part of me is like, I, I want the Mourinho to, to show this discipline because one of the things I've hated over, um, especially after George I'll say is after his second year, um, what I've seen Spartan lose is the balls um, that we've had in the squad. So a, a, for a coach to bring in that discipline and a coach to, to, to put the club above players um, is something commendable. And of course, going after one of our club captains and has to be mentioned, uh, at least this season, past two seasons, best center back, easily one of the best players on the team. For him to be, be showing that Mathieu can get it means that um, anybody can get it. You know, no one's safe. So a part of me is is, is happy on that. And and I'm glad that uh, uh, Ruben Amuring is doing that. Uh, another part of me is, I'm with you, Chris. It's like Mathieu is one of the least persons to be, to be, to be deserving of uh, such airing of dirty laundry, if you will. Um, but he didn't so, say oh, oh, Ruben Amorim, he didn't say much. That's the yeah, thing. agreed, agreed. Oh, but speculation that he didn't so what what Amorim said was no one is guaranteed to play here or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. But there, there's also there's also it, to me it was the comment of um, uh, something like "Sendlers Nalinga," like you know that's good. If you're not. Sort of just saying that Mathieu isn't sort of following rules. I think there was a better way you could have handled that, in my opinion. No, I like that way because players need to hear that. You're not above the, the emblem of Sporting Club Portugal. Who the fuck are you to say I'm better than Sporting Club Portugal? I don't agree with that. I like Mathieu, by all means. I yeah, do. yeah. But I don't know what happened either. So I'm not going to crucify you know, the man without having all the facts. But mm -hmm. if you want a disciplined team, if you want a team to play like a team, you can have someone acting up and saying, hey, you're so mayor for the rest. It can be. It's either you want a disciplined team or you, we're not going to have a team. That's all. Fair. And Matthew is at the end of his career. so I, 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 mean, think, I think he's making an example out of him to kind of, you know, show the iron fist, you know. Look at this guy. He's played at Barcelona. I don't give a fuck, you know. Yeah. Ezra runs more, he plays. He's 18, he hasn't played. I don't give a shit, I'll play him, you know? So he has kind of, I think, laid down the law and shown that. Because all these guys, they say that, right? They say that they're going to do that. You play, like, you, whoever is the best plays, you know? And then they just stick with the same fucking 13 guys, you know? Yeah. And nothing ever yeah. changes. So at least something changed, I guess, you know? It's definitely mm -hmm. a positive in my eyes. He's doing everything that we've been we've been asking for. Uh, since we this this podcast begun, we said you should play the youth. You should play more players. You should give a chance to the the, the the youth academy. And now he's doing that, and we're still not happy. I mean, we are the three of us, but uh, on Twitter, it's it's uh, disgusting because people they're still complaining. And and Emuring has nothing to do with Verandes. Verandes, of course, was the one who got him, but you know he has nothing to do with the ideals and ideas of Verandes. Uh, as a coach, I like him, and I think he's going to be phenomenal. And he's he's, he's using our youth, and, and let's see w w where he's going to take us. Yeah, yeah. agreed, agreed. Um, just a quick question here from our from our boy Bruno. Um, also, oh. an interesting little little comment, comment here. Um, Ruben Amorim chose Borja over Luis Neto and Tiago Ilotti. Um, I mean, Tiago Ilotti is a whatever, but more Luis Neto. Um, who had a lot of promise and was, um, I guess, tooted as like a very a leader of the group. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Maybe 
is it Luis Neto not fitting the system? Is it, um, yeah, what are your thoughts, uh, Christian? I'll pass that one off to you. Yeah, truthfully, I think it's more Neto doesn't fit the system as much. Um, or so much that if you're going to have three center backs, you don't want all of them to have the same traits, um, i.e., mm. like bigger and slow. Like, there's no point in having Kawats, Matthew, and Neto. I mean, I, we, I've seen it this season, and it's been trouble, right? Because they're all they all the same qualities, um, especially with three center backs as opposed to two. You definitely don't want them to all have the same qualities. So I just think that uh, Borja offers a bit more, you know, athleticism, um, mobility, speed than than Neto, and I think that uh, I think truthfully, I think that Neto um, might be uh, on the ropes as far as his future here, because I mean, everyone's on the ropes, it seems like, right? So definitely a guy who is fringe before and doesn't fit the system and definitely on the ropes. And the thing is, cause I remember there was a story a couple weeks ago that Borja and some Eduardo maybe were, were, were definitely, they were looking to sell this summer. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, Borja's out. I accepted it just at face value. Cause he hadn't played much. Um, it hadn't been great when he did, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate him, um, in this game. Uh, he, he was far from the worst one. I, I, I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind seeing a bit, a bit more going forward. I, he definitely earned a, another look. So maybe he's not out if he can prove himself. So uh, I guess the situation is constantly fluid, constantly evolving. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Steph, I don't know if you have any quick thoughts on, on that as well. No, I mean, uh, Chris, uh, his assessment was, uh, Perfect. Right on point, man. And I think that's that's what it is. That he, he doesn't want to have two center backs um, playing kind of the same way, and then it slows down. I think he was afraid of having two two center backs and then not enough speed. And Borja, he brought, he brought the speed that he needs for a fast counterattack. Imagine having Kowats and uh, Luis Net playing together. It would be a, a disaster in my point of view as well. So he, he brought Borja just for caution and just for speed. Um, yeah, like like we said, he nailed it. Yeah, fair enough. And um, just to pedal back just a little bit, I'm just going to talk about one uh, major jugada on the game, um, which was the penalty that was a penalty and then was not a penalty. Um, something very <laughs> typically, very typically Portuguese, mind you. Um, yeah. So of yeah. course, uh, Pastor Fedeira, right after the one nothing, sort of won themselves a penalty. So they thought. Um, I forget the player in question that was through on goal. Uh, let me just quickly see. I believe it was Pedrinho or Rocha. Oh no, it was Amaral. Sorry, it was Amaral. Uh, went through on goal. Potentially a touch on the back, just as he released the ball and Max got it. Um, Steph, I'll pass that one off to you first. What are your thoughts on that? Was it a penalty? Should it have been a penalty? Uh, VAR and ref got it right. What are your thoughts? Well, that's why the VAR exists nowadays. It's to get rid of all these doubts. Um, but in the Portuguese league, it's taking way too long to make it uh, seamless. Uh, you look at a German league, you don't even know they have the VAR. It's, they're so smooth with that. Um, but of course, in Portugal, they always complicate everything. And uh, um, initially, it looked like it was a PK, but then uh, he, his T-shirt was actually grabbed. 
by Borja. But he dives, uh, he dives 10 seconds later when he realizes that Maxi actually pulled off, pulled off a great save. And that's why, you know, the VAR called the attention of the referee and told the referee, go check it yourself, but I don't think it's a PK because it took him 10 seconds to dive after he saw him, uh, uh, Maxi uh, sa- save the day. So that was a great call by, by the, the referee. Uh, Rui Costa uh, to overturn a a PK that was not a PK, and then Luis Final at the end of the game uh, from Sport TV. I think he's wrong as well because he said Borges' uh, left foot um, touched uh, um, the Upe uh, de of uh, the Pasfredes uh, um, player. But if you see, that's that's the normal progression of Borja. He couldn't put his foot in any other place. He was running towards that way, so he couldn't avoid the contact at all. So that's that was not a PK at all, in my point of view, and the right call was made. And I'm glad the VAR insisted, and I'm glad Rui Costa double-checked, and uh, that was a correct call. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I think that that's the right call. It's, it's so soft. There's there's I I'm I'm literally looking for the thing that Steph's talking about with the feet. I, I literally can't see it. There's there's a slight like tug on the shirt, maybe like that much, but I mean give PKs for that. And and then he gives the yellow card to Kuwats for no fucking reason. He's just like yeah. Kuwats usually causes PKs. It probably was him too this time. Yeah. It's like, bro, are you even watching the game? Like wild sequence. <laughs> Truly wild sequence. I really didn't think he was gonna overturn it, to be honest. But I was pleasantly surprised. Well, you know, less pressure. For, there's no fans, so so now I think the referees actually they doing better in a way, like in, in a sense that they could go check and and there's no pressure from the fans. No one throwing skates from weather or caral. So yeah, <laughs> 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 so they're more relaxed. I mean, you could see actually the referees explaining things to the players a little bit better. You can see the conversation going on between them, which is pretty cool, actually. I like it. Now they were yeah. like, yo, please, come on, man. You're really going to do this to us? It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you could explain to the players, so the players listen, nah, that's, not, that's not a yellow card because he was, he was not in the adventures position. That's why I didn't show him a yellow card. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that that's awesome. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, my last question on this game before we move on to the Comunicado uh, Spartan game on this weekend. Another another great Comunicado, of course. Uh, player uh, player of the match, man of the match. Um, Steph, who is your man of the match this game? Uh, without a doubt, to Giovanni. I mean, uh, could have had a hat trick on that game easily. Um, what a player, man. Yeah. Guys, I mean, I, I just can't can wait for the next game and see more. Uh, I'll, I'm going to give you the man of my, the match, Giovanni, and my, the biggest disappointment, Gonzalo Plata. Hmm. How about you, Chris? Um, I'm going to go Max uh, on this game. Especially, like, he gets bonus points. Not only was his performance good, but he, he, we're contrasting it to last week. It's miles better. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to go Max. Yeah, and if, and if uh, we're gonna go, if we're gonna go flop of the week too, like Steph, I'm gonna give mine to Sportad. 
I mean, basporar. <laughs> basporar. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'll, I'm going to agree totally with Steph on both. I'm going to give mine to Jovan. I, I think, uh, yeah, definitely deserved a hat trick. Right towards the end when he hit the bar and it went off, ah. uh, he deserved that second one. But, uh, I, know. I mean, he, he, I think his, his eyes just got a little too wide. Like, he, he just seen too much goal and just decided to put his laces through it rather than maybe place it. But, uh, yeah, I'll give it to Jovan as well. And my biggest disappointment, I'll also go uh, I'll go Plata. Uh, just because, uh, I don't know, I feel bad. I don't, I don't want to kill Sporad, you know? Uh, no, but- I like the way I like the way he hustles, though. That's my only thing. Like, even if he doesn't play hard, I, I haven't seen uh, not Luis Philippe, not Vaz Dost, not uh, maybe Slimani. But there's there's been times where Slimani jogs. I haven't seen a guy chase after every ball like Sporada does since maybe Montero or or even or even Lietz. And not saying he's anywhere near those two, but uh, I'm hopeful at least. Teo wasn't a big chaser either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He definitely wasn't for this. But he was a goal scorer. I, yeah, I would take Teo right now. Job, I love right? that guy. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's let's move quickly on to uh, the comunicado given this weekend. Uh, a lot of uh, turmoil on the uh, on the timeline. Very, like Chris said, like a fifth grader giving his opinion. And, and it was sad to see Sporting sort of post that as a comunicado. Um, when they've, for as long as I remember, on since the Journal Sporting's been around, they've been giving opinion pieces. Uh, so for them to sort of post that was was kind of embarrassing. Of course, we're talking about uh, them posting, them reacting to certain. Uh, I think it was Jogu, um claim that uh, Mathieu was this and that, and and rather than doing that, Sporting was saying, "Why aren't you praising us for finishing with seven academy players for giving first team minutes to Nunu Mensch?" Um, but then, in my in my quick opinion or my, my quick thoughts on that is they totally gloss over loaning out academy studs like Duma, um, Mateusz Pereira, for example, selling Dumin Duarte when he clearly has a spot on the team this year. Uh, Justin Dalla, who who couldn't get a sniff for the last three years, even though he was more than deserving of it. Um, even Gerald's was loaned out earlier this season, and and maybe he could have give, been given a shot. Um, and that's just name, to name a few that come off the top of my head. Pedro Marx. Um, so I think I think it was very cheap of them to sort of just sort of give recent accolades because of a one nothing win that they put in seven academy plays. Of course, we all like it. it it's just very cheap of them and, and very sad that they have an a, an opinion piece sort of plastered as a comunicado. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with me. What are your thoughts? Um, whoever wants to take it first, go for it. I mean the the, the comunicado. I don't know why. They had to do it. Uh, I mean, w- what are you defending? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, a, it's not even related. It's like, oh, yeah, well, this. Okay, but is the other thing that they said true? Like, <laughs> you didn't. Got it. <laughs> there's no, nothing concrete. They didn't bring any light into it. It's, everyone got even more confused, I think. Uh, so the comunicado was uh, really off sync. Uh, it shouldn't have happened, really. I mean, uh, whatever happened with Mathieu and, uh, and Maureen, both of them know. If they want to tell uh, us, they will tell us. If they don't want to tell us, then people will speculate. We'll speculate like we're doing now. Uh, I didn't like the communicado because I don't think he was needed. What are you defending? Seriously speaking. I mean, Bruno, uh, Ruben and Maureen, everybody knows, just got their 
a couple months ago. So everything that happened before him, it's not his fault, you know. Uh, but let him do his thing, and so far I like it. And uh, stop doing comunicados de merda. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Stop putting your foot in your mouth every five seconds. Like, it's like you know, you know what they're telling me. Sport has too many chiefs and not enough Indians. They mm -hmm. have people in charge. I keep, I've been keep on saying this. Why the hell do we have one president, five vice presidents? Well, we lo we've lost a couple in recent months, right? So the numbers yeah. are dwindling. <laughs> right away. It's like I don't, I don't see the the, the lot behind having so many so so many vice presidents in dirigentes to get in touch falar todos querem ter tempo de antena i don't get it i seriously don't get it minimize the 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 uh, the, the impact of negativity and and have yourself a nice strong core uh, look at bet bet hardly speaks you know what i mean he does his job you don't hear much from bet and maybe he should speak more maybe but he contains himself, and he only talks when he, need, he needs to talk. But these goddamn vice presidents, everybody wants to say they want to give their opinion, and us fans, we don't give a shit about their opinions. Yeah. They're nobody at Sporting. They should all be fired. Keep, keep your best vice president. They only have one. That's all you need. One vice president. Why do you need one vice president? In case in case Veranda dies, then we have a vice president. <laughs> you know, fuck, you know. Pois, estão tão farto, meu, tão farto gente que pensa importante que a gente é jet set, é é nata de Lisboa. So, I mean, just for me, at least, like my thoughts, like. It's it's a short one. It's short and sweet, right? So they they do what aboutism for two thirds of it. They're like, oh yeah, well you guys want to talk about one of our best players and co captains mysteriously not being in the squad with no explanation. Why don't you talk about the youth that played? And to be honest, to the best of my knowledge, the papers covered that, right? It was like Battle of Alvalade was, you know, also sharing the cover or on the cover of of, of the other papers after the game. Um, it was Abala, I think, that did the the Matthew the Matthew piece, um, but it's like, do you expect them to not talk about that? Just pretend it didn't happen. It's like if PZ just didn't play, wasn't in the squad, wasn't injured. It's just like, nah, I guess that's pretty normal. No, it's not normal. Obviously, they're fucking journalists. They haven't had sports for three months. Obviously, they're going to talk about the developments within sports, right? So, come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, and it's the uh, the amount of shit that's come out uh, that that journalists have been talking in the last two years under Verendas, and this is what you decide to sort of. <laughs> I find yeah. it very strange. Like yeah. this could have been done on other things, um, but yeah, that's that's my that's my only thing on it. Um, all right, and and then now the last piece of news that that we have that just came out today um, are Golden Boys. Uh, of course, the uh, 100 uh, Golden Boys came out from Tutto Sport today, um, an Italian um, journal that lists the best of the top 100 under 21 players. I'll, I'll quickly name off the nine Portuguese players. Um, Porto actually have a few. They have three. They have Romario Barro, which I have to agree with. He, he's been pretty good for them in, in midfield. Um, Tiago Lopes and Fabio Silva. Benfica have to, uh, Tomás Tavares, who, again, I also agree with, and Gonçalo Ramos. Um 
a former Sporting Academy, so technically we'll go with three, but uh, we'll, we'll just say the two. Uh, Tiago Jalo, who's now in Lille. Um, we have um, Pedro, uh, Pedro Neto, who's um, uh, uh, the super agent's uh, number one boy, him and uh, the other boy that went to, that came with him to Lazio. And then, of course, the two Sporting players, Eduard Kurejma, currently with two senior minutes on this list. I couldn't agree more with and uh, Rafael Camacho, um, who of course has has shown his, his some brilliance in Liverpool and of course has had some significant minutes this season. Um, and then there's also ainda as nomeações de defesa argentino Nuen Perez, who plays for Familiacão um, and also on loan from Atlético Madrid. I'm just giving him a special mention just because he actually has been lights out this season um, along with Familiacão. Along with Family Count and uh, Braga, current are, are next week going to play Family Count, um, which, um, if we can handle the business against Tondela, could be a, a perfect opportunity for us to uh, actually cement third place. Um, something that I don't think we we could have won. We definitely didn't imagine if we go back to prior podcasts that we'll definitely be in this position as quick as we did. Um, yeah, but three match and, weeks. And I mean, that, that would have been the minimum amount of games it would have taken to get to the spot, right? Especially seeing as we as we drew the first one against Guimarães. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we'll we'll get into that when we preview our match against Tondela. Just uh, a quick two cents on um, Eduardo Curejma and Rafael Camacho making the list. Um, I mean, it's always good seeing uh, academy products on there. I mean, I guess we can even throw in Tiago Jalo as well. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, boys? I think it's phenomenal. I mean. Uh... You know, I mean, I don't really give a damn about these individual trophies, to tell the truth. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I don't I don't give a shit about the Ballon d'Or, Golden Ball, and all that shit. I really don't. I'm more the kind the kind of friend I am is because you can be national. I want to win Tasa Portugal, Liga, Supertaça, Liga Europa, if we could pull it off, Champions League, if we get there one day. Uh but these individual trophies means nothing to me, but good for those uh, young players. It means something for them, and it gives them more prestige. And for a club, you know, if if one of uh, these players win for that club, it means more money because now the uh, the that the the players pass for that specific player will go up, uh, you know, off the charts. So yeah. that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just to see what our 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 neighbors did. Um... In terms of uh, Renato winning it and then Felix winning it, and, and they got—I uh, mean, maybe not so much Renato, but at least Felix. Uh, Felix's price went through the roof after he won it. So um, I know. Right. Not not that we're any like at all expecting Kurajma or Rafael Camacho to win it when you know Vinicius Junior, Jaden Sancho, and Haaland, who's probably most likely going to win it, Dortmund's Haaland, um, and and I believe Salzburg. He should. He's a beast. Yeah, he's a fucking beast. <laughs> Um, Dude, I wish yeah. he was a sporting. Are you kidding me? Yeah, boy, this. I wish he <laughs> was 12 years old, bro. I'm, I'm not being greedy, am I? <laughs> not at all. How about you, Chris? Any any thoughts on this? No, nah, I mean, I don't really. I'm not really. Like I said earlier, off the, off the air, I'm not really sure how Kudesma snuck his way onto this list with, with two senior appearances. In theory, likely made after this list was finalized, right? Unless they finalized this list like yesterday, right? <laughs> he had a great game the other day, but it's like you would think that this list has been finalized for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, good for him sneaking on there. I mean, if they do like a list in order of the hundred, like he's probably going to be like ninety six. But hey, he got on the list. He made the short list. Uh, good for him. Um, 
or I made the long list, right? They're going to shorten it to 20, I think. And then from the 20, they'll pick a winner. So I truthfully don't think either of those guys are going to end up in the, in the 20, but yeah. I mean, it's still, uh, it's, it's good to be recognized, I suppose, for, for things like this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to bring it back to a, a, um, a national aspect, it's always good to have nine, almost 10, you know, almost 10, 1% or yeah, almost 10% of the list being Portuguese. Always good mm-hmm. to be recognized. Um, yeah, so let's quickly preview uh, this uh, this game week. Starting it started today technically, where Maritimo beat Gil Vicente two one. Um, but of course, tomorrow, uh, in terms of the bigger teams, we'll have Porto go to Avj, um, and then on the Wednesday, Riwav will receive Benfica. Um, that should be good. That should be good. <laughs> Uh, and even why, why, why am I saying good game? Because because Benfica is struggling and they need to win, and that's a difficult pitch. Mm-hmm. That, a good team they're playing too. And uh, if any of my fellow uh, Benfica hating uh, people don't want to watch that game, um, Manchester City plays Arsenal an hour earlier. Uh, thank <laughs> God the Premier League's back as well. Let's just let me just mention that real quick. Um, but anyways, back to Portugal on Thursday. Sporting received Tondela. And then, of course, as mentioned, Familicão received Braga on Friday. Another um, great game. Another huge game. But, of course, Spart- it doesn't mean anything if Sporting doesn't uh, doesn't get three points against Tondela the day before. Um, and, hey, also that day, a, an hour earlier as well, Tottenham, Manchester United, Moringu plays his old club. Um, yeah, anyways, it, it's always good having uh, having football back, man. It's been a it's been a rough two months without it. So like weekdays, weekends. It's gonna get good soon when all the leagues are effectively back, and we'll have like pretty much every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been uh, a lot of big three games on the weekend. It's all been gate like during the week. I, I, I think it's, I think it's because I think it's because they 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 want to be able to get as much visibility as possible. So, yeah. like Premier League, Bundesliga, if they're on the weekends, people are going to watch that. So, if you're the only mm-hmm. if you're the only show in town on Thursday and Wednesday, then in theory, more people will watch. I think that's what they're thinking, yeah. at least. Yeah, agreed. And, agreed. and also, they assuming that most people they still home because of the COVID nineteen, so it yeah. doesn't really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I forgot to bring up was uh, there's an interesting race going on, not only for the third and fourth place. But it goes all the way down to the seventh place. Yeah. So everyone could. Uh, so we're talking about Guimarães in seventh place with thirty-nine points, Riwav in sixth place with forty-one points, Family Count in fifth place with forty-three, and Sporting in Braga in forty with forty-six points, only three points ahead of Family Count, mm-hmm. and certainly Riwav could catch them if Sporting doesn't play consistently or Braga, they could finish even in seventh place. Listen, I, I I would not be surprised if Family Count sneak a, a Europa League spot. Uh, whether that's automatic qualification or through the playoffs, would not be surprised at all. They've been playing lights out all season. And then once this le- once the, the season restarted, again, stealing points off Porto. And uh, who else yeah, did they beat? Juvicen uh, 3-1. They've been lights out so far. Uh, their, their young coach, I'm surprised, hasn't been uh, been linked to clubs like like Benfica, for example, who lodges, it seems like his days are numbered there. And, and even Porto, who, who 
I mean, I've seen a lot of Portista fans. My my best friend is, is a Portista fan. Has been calling for Sergio Conceição's head for the past few months. Um, even though now they're in first, he's, he's still not uh, 100% a believer. So uh, credit to Family Kaung. George Menz is... Uh, I mean, whether that club's going to be bankrupt in a few years, we'll see. But that, he, he definitely worked his magic there. Hey, it's an interesting race. Though. Every yeah. now and again, his, his his fucking his shit works out every now and again. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to go Madrid, bro. What the fuck is wrong with them this season? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Valencia, too. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, but we have, we have three interesting races. The first two, and then the, the from the third to the seventh, for the uh, Europa League spots, and then the bottom between Maritimo, Pascres, and Portimones, Avs, basically, they've done. Uh, but yeah. that, that's the three races that I've been following, and it's been very interesting. Uh, but the one sporting is involved, if we're not careful, we could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. That's why, and as much as I want us to put up faith in the kids. It's still very important for us to win because there's still a lot of money to be fought for. Um, I mean, but th- even if we could get third, bro, that's the auto groups, dude. Like we amazing. did not, we did not think that was possible. We thought we'd be playing second qualifying round bullshit, dude. Like get getting into the auto that auto group spot would be would be wow. massive because I, I don't crap. trust us against some fucking Swedish team. We'll probably yeah, lose, know. you know. Yeah, know. yeah. But or or worst comes to worst, we play we play like a Turkish team. Or uh, some sort of Dutch team. There's well, still some decent teams, teams that stay around. There's still yeah. some decent teams. But I gotta tell you something, Danny. Playing the youth is the is the answer. The more they Agreed. play, Agreed. the more comfortable they will be, and you'll see you'll see soon enough that you know they will start you know gelling together, and the dynamics will show up. I don't think the the answer is to go back to the old farts that don't want they they heavily overpaid. And they want they don't want to run because they think yeah. they own the club or something. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I, I've gotten more enjoyment from from even seeing as much as as Plata struggled uh, and uh, but I've I've had a lot more uh, joy on on seeing Jovan play on the wing than I have all season seeing Balassi or having to suffer through Hesse. But another part of my question is how much of them two playing came from the manager and how much was it of the president trying to push it through because. We sold our best winger in Rafinha and, and, and even a top promising right back in Thierry uh, last day of the transfer to bring those two bums in. Um, still, again, not to bring it back to, to Verandes, but uh, questions need to be raised on that as well. Um, hey, you, all right. you know what? Fuck it. You, you have to learn uh, with your mistakes. Rafinha clearly was a lack of money. It was a, a financial struggle and you need to sell him for quick money. And it's obvious. Everybody knows that. You know, we didn't sell Rafinha because we thought he sucked. We, they sold him because we need to pay bills. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's tough when you, when you let a, a gem like Rafinha go for that yeah. little and then buy a, buy a manager for 10 million a few months later. It's, it's Rafinha, a tough, you said, said he didn't want to go. He wanted to stay. Yeah, of course. It's of like, course. how does Renee even like have that money, but. That's 
not part. That's oh, not that part was, of this that conversation. Was, they were, they were, they were they've been doing well in France. Has some money. They, I believe, no, they were in they Europa League for a bit. Too. Yeah, they've they been in Europa more money, League. More money than the Portuguese league, as far oh, as yeah. that. The, the team yeah, the, I mean, they played yeah. in America. That means alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Money and then what, you, you'll just need one giant in PSG, and then yeah, you know, that's it. Yeah, and you just look at the Spanish league. How much money all the clubs have just because of Real and, and Barca, and then Atleti, but mainly those two, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly, just to go back on on our little preview uh, against Tondela, Bruno brings a great point. We lo- we did lose one nothing this year with Bruno Fernandes in the squad. Um, how do you think we'll perform on Thursday, Steph? I'll start off with you. To tell the truth, I'm expecting this team to be highly motivated uh, with more confidence. I'm expecting to see uh, uh, a starting lineup um, totally some kind of similar to the last one, but it will have to be different just because we know from the get-go Vieta won't, won't start because he's hurt. Uh, Mathieu won't start because he's hurt. Whatever, if the injury is fake or not, he's not going to play. We know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we'll know, we know for sure that we're going to have at least two, two surprises again. Is it going to be Borja again, or is it going to be Nunmens? Who yeah. knows? I, I don't think I agree with Chris, and I think it would be extremely dangerous to play Kovacs and, and, uh, and Luis Net together because we talk about now two big players a lot slower than a typical left back, uh, such as Borja or Nunmens. Um, so... So we shall see, but I'm expecting a couple surprises, and um, and I just want our youth to 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 play and take over the the you know the A team and show what they got. At least they've hustled, they've won, you know. Even though they make mistakes, uh, look at Quaresma. He, he he was like, wow! I thought he was like a veteran yeah. the way yeah. he played uh, last game. So that's what I'm expecting against Tondela. Agreed. A uh, score prediction. A score prediction, I think Sporting's going to win 3 uh, nothing. I like yeah. that. How about you, Chris? I can't bet against Tondela when they play Sporting. It's, yeah. it's a historical trend, um, and I just can't, I can't do it. Uh, I'm going to go, go draw 1-1. One, one. Yeah, you can't bet against Tondela. They don't Are lose you from Sporting. Tondela? No, I just – they always no, – no, no, I, I thought you were. I don't know. No, no, I just – I, I, they just give us such a hard time every single time. The only time we won, we literally cheated. You guys remember where they gave like 15 extra minutes? Yeah. Seven? <laughs> that was the only time we won. <laughs> I was watching that on my phone, going crazy, sync watch fucking with the uh, jersey. Still not going to stick in your too. That was Cherry really on top of the cake. <laughs> um, I'll go. I'll also go with a win. I'm going to say a 2-1 win. Um, I'm gonna be. I'm already. I'm already gonna predict a Kamashu up top taking Vieto's spot with uh, Ristovsky back in the lineup because okay. I do remember. I do remember um, on Avsh, uh, Amurin taking Ristovsky out still in the first half. Ristovsky being pissed off about it and Amurin saying Kenongosh the. I don't know exactly what he said, but basically on the lights of Kenongosh the merda, basically on those on those lines. Um, and yeah, I think I love Ristovsky. I think he he's a fighter, and I think he's gonna fight back for that right back uh, spot. And I think playing three at the back, nobody's gonna do it better than Ristovsky. Though I think Rosier has something to to to, to say. I think uh, we'll see, but but I'm just gonna make that quick prediction on the right flank there. And yeah, a two one win. 
uh, for Sporting. Um, yeah, boys, that's podcast number 71. Down the books, another great one. Game is Thursday. Game is Thursday, 4.15 Eastern Standard Time. Um, and then, of course, Befica play the day before on Wednesday. Porto play tomorrow. And Braga, which we'll obviously keep our eyes on, play on Friday uh, against Familicão. Uh, quick- That's going to be yeah. great. You guys want to do a quick prediction on that? I think it's going to be a two-two draw. Yeah, yeah. Let's I, go family Khan's going to win. Family Khan's going to win. Uh, I wouldn't doubt nothing. that. Two nothing. I, w- I wouldn't bet against it. How about you, Steph? I think I think it's going to be it's going to be like a, a tie, like two-two. Uh, Fair. Fair. Perfect. Uh, well, let's go. Oh, sorry. Go. No, and uh, um, Avs Porto. I'm going to say. Yeah. Avs sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say but, but no, no tells and who else are they missing? Marega? They're missing somebody else. They're missing two players. I know yeah, Tell is one. Attention. Yeah, fuck, who is it? Oh, I, yeah, think, I think I think will make a big difference. I mean, they have they have phenomenal players. They have a lot of good youth as well. Such Christian Science fighting for the title race, and I think that's why he doesn't play the youth and he's afraid of it. But I think it's I, a mistake. I think it would be he better. Put that, he put that kid with the long hair in the, the yeah, other. Game. All. I don't know. I'm gonna know. No, the um, the Fabio something. I think. Oh yes, oh, just. You um, got I a couple mean. minutes. I think it might have just been stoppage time, but I saw. I think it was his first appearance for the senior team. I was gonna say. I think they're forced. They're gonna force to play their like uh, wonder kid left back because Manafa. That's not Marega. Manafa and Teles, who both it's play the left outside backs, right? They're both they're both suspended. And same with Benfica. Benfica has Grimaldo injured and Almeida suspended. But the rest yeah. of the season, Grimaldi got yeah, yeah, he's he yeah. tore something in his knee. Yeah. yeah. The media doesn't want to mention it. I'll mention it here. Zivkovic is probably not going to play because of a pedra to the eye. <laughs> yeah, dude, that guy, man, under the carpet. I but mean, anyways, that guy's salary is like two million a year, and he hasn't played in like two years, so. Yeah, I mean, I if, if you money. get like six million and then you get hit in the eye with a rock, I, I mean, it, I guess it, it could be worse. Right? He wasn't playing anyway, but yeah, that 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 was a really bad incident. I think it was just wrong, wrong seat at the wrong time type of deal. I don't think he was like targeted or. Anything. Hey, compliments <laughs> of the name boys. What can I tell you? <laughs> Some of their finest work, yeah. <laughs> of course, not even. Yeah, they, they talk about all shit, but uh, you know, no name boys. Uh, they fuck up their own players as well. So no, no name boys have more murders under their belt than fucking <laughs> I don't know what, bro. <laughs> two nil, two nil. They so have far. several. Two nil. I, I guess and uh, Marco Ficini. Two nil. Yep, yep. And then now they're talking uh, their own players. Uh, listen, the Riwa Befica. I think it's gonna yeah. be another tie as well. I think Agreed. it's gonna be another tie, one one. That'd be awesome. Agreed. I'm gonna I'm gonna also say <laughs> Porto. I think <laughs> I know why you're saying that because you want to go back to your father. Hey? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say Porto win two nothing. I'm gonna agree. I think I think Benfica's tying one one as well. What about hey, you, Chris? Well, man. Yeah, I'm I'm all in for the draw. I mean, imagine if they lost, bro. All hell would break loose. And Porto. Oh win. my goodness! If they I'm interested. I think Brunelage is done. But that I uh, but now I'm interested to see if if they pull the plug on Ruben on uh, Bruno Lage right away or if they wait until the end of the season because I think they're waiting. Who else Vieira would they get? Vieira said he would wait until until yeah. the end of the season. 
Because also, also interesting, I read, I, I don't know how true this is, but apparently George Zuz's release cost to come to Portugal is only 500000 Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I, I, what I, heard. I think he's I think he's basically sold. I think he's coming to Befica no matter what. But there's yeah, rumors that he renewed well, his contract well, at, uh, at Flamengo well, maybe for Porto. another year. Yeah, I, I also wouldn't be doubting on Porto. I also yeah. heard that too, but with that release clause like that, I think it doesn't even matter. Yeah. The thing, the thing is, Pinte Costa and George Zeus, they have a great relationship as well. And I yeah. think Serge Kusei-san is done. The, the cycle is done. And he's just being respectful to finish the... I mean, they they they, they fight for the title race anyway. Uh, and, but I, I think Serge Kusei-san will live this year. I think, And I, if I'm Serge Kusei-san, I would leave too because it's, it's too much pressure on him. With a shitty team, uh, I mean, the Porto doesn't have a good team. They, they no. have... Uh, no, I mean, oh. I think he wants to leave. Uh, so it's it's going to be an that, interesting fight between Porto and Benfica to get George Jesus. I think he's coming back next year. I think he is too. But I think I think Sergio, especially if he wins the season, he stays. Uh, Peter Costa even no. said earlier. No. I think Peter Costa even said earlier. It's up to Sergio if he wants to stay or go. And, no, and I, think, I think he leave on a high note. He maybe, may, I can maybe. See that. I don't I doubt that either. I, I, I think Porto would make a mistake. No, I think I think Sergio. I, I like Sergio as much as a Portuguese is. I like Sergio, and he's like for Porto. Too. He's perfect. He's warming Porto. He's yeah. He he I was think, getting Porto shit make on a mistake too letting much. Go. He was getting shit on too much earlier this season. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's got, and he's now got Porto, look where the position that they're in now. I mean, that's like pretty much inconceivable when you consider like I mean, February. Fans are, are almost me? as ungrateful as Sporting fans, I think. Though. Yeah, he made yeah, a, a shitload of money in the Champions League. He 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 is in the final of the Taça of Portugal. Let's not let's not forget that. And he's in first place in Liga Nos. What else do you want from you, coach? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Portistas don't know what they want, and then and then in the elections of football, which is none of our business. But I'm gonna say my two cents really fast. Pentecoste wins again. So, so you as the Portici, you don't see that Pentecoste is the problem. Your club is financially struggling because he, he can't handle the, the, the club no more. He's too old for that shit. Steph, I'll ask you this, though. Who who was running against him? Several people. with, with A couple of them, they were interesting candidates. But you know I know the president of the Câmara do Porto, that was one, which, I mean, huge... Uh, Huge, um, huge uh, conflict of interest there, but yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't exist in Portugal. I don't know. I'm convinced it doesn't exist anywhere. I don't <laughs> Anyways, boys, another look, great look podcast. At, hey, look, look, look at Luis Vieira. He used to be in a tribune in Port Celebration. He's a walking, the, he's a walking conflict of interest. I've, I've, never seen, <laughs> I've never seen a saucy of all three clubs be president of one of them. Listen, Luis <laughs> Vieira used, used to be invi invited to the Camarote Presidencial de Football Club Port and used mm -hmm. to celebrate goals from Port, screaming a la Porto. <laughs> and now he's the goddamn Bifikista president, and Bifikista love him. Yeah. They love a traitor, and they love that fucking guy, and I don't get it why. You know why they love him? Because they win. But what they fail to realize, they're winning by corruption. In their mind, of course, it's not. But if if we if we went back and, and check all the times that Bifika won, they would possibly have 12 clean ones. Yeah. And, and Porto uh, the same. And Porto the same. 
Agreed. And Sporting, Agreed. they're already taking four. They they say we have 18, but we actually have 22. We have 22, exactly. Uh, maybe 23 if uh, they really investigate 2015. Uh, but I know. I'll end I my know. two cents there. I don't want to get too pissed it's, off it's about that. It's still in the, in the, in the court. It's still, it's, that's a possibility yep. still. Yep. Uh, it is. I wouldn't want it. I would want it taken away from Befica. I wouldn't want it counting towards Yeah, it. I want our own, man. Exactly. No, you know what's not taken away because look at what's going on with uh with the uh uh the case with the um bus the the the, the stones that they thrown at the bus. It's not it's like nothing happened. Oh. If it was Sporting they was, they would still be talking about it today. They yeah. are still talking about all shit today. What do you mean? <laughs> Our own president. <laughs> they were talking about the Tarzes. They put uh, the Tarzes and to do do uh passwords uh to me, that's more motivational than a threat. I know. It's ridiculous. But, that CMTV, exactly. but, not, but, not, but not what happened to the poor players of Sportless Boy Bifica. And I have to say Sportless Boy Bifica because Sportless Boy was the one that was founded in, in 1904. Befica <laughs> was in 1906. Oh, oh, so, so every time a says Befica, I'm like, okay, so you're talking about the club that was founded in 1906 then? <laughs> <laughs> because Sportless Will was the one who was founded in 1904. So yep. which one are you talking about? Details. Yep. Details, I know. <laughs> Details. Anyways, a quick shout out to the people in the comments. Let me just give a quick shout out to New York's finest, Johnny Buckets. Also, our boy Bruno for the great question. Our boy down under, Jose uh, Costa George. Of course, Steph's, uh, Steph's latest uh, podcast, Football No Filter, that he does with the Purtista and Befiquista as well. Guys, please check that out if you the haven't wins, already. He's got some the wins the cabeza, <laughs> <laughs> We also had Lauren Jenks, a.k.a. Cantona's Chip, on up, the Lauren? comments earlier. And uh, I believe that is it. Uh, of course, a special mention to everybody that gave us a Twitter mention today or a, tw a Twitter question. Matt Paiva, again, congratulations on your new uh, soon-to-be baby girl, um, Joel Leung and David oh, Strife. Thank you to James Hilario. He, uh, he's the one who uh, – he gave me this uh, the sporting jersey. He gave it to me. He mailed wow. it to me. Wow. It's That's a nice I one, man. I didn't pay one cent. I said, listen, let me at least, at least pay the, the, the shipping. He said, no, give, give the money to your son. That's what he said. What a great sporting gift, Jamie Ladu. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. That was one of the best gifts I have gotten for free. Yeah. Uh, he said to walk with this jersey, long walks at the beach, which I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to James. Hey, good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. and of course, guys, follow us on Twitter, Sparkling160 underscore EN, on YouTube, Sparkling160EN. Um, that's podcast number 71. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And, uh, yeah, we go Sparkling. Viva.